0: Planet Earth, you are now listening to the Paul McGuire Report. On today's program, we're going to take a deep dive together into the heart of our monetary system, but we're going to break it open for you in a very, very easy to comprehend, easy to understand ways. You know, one of the biggest tools of deception that I've seen in my life is when anybody comes to you and, and deliberately overcomplicates or confuses their communication. Like again, in overcomplicating, I have found that the overwhelming majority of the time that the root issue at hand was not that I couldn't understand the complexity of what they were saying. It really wasn't that what they were saying was in actuality complicated. it was this: they were deliberately blowing smoke in my eyes, they were deliberately obscuring the truth and 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 bringing in a, a Deception, a plan of deception. You understand? So, so what was really happening in all of these things during a lifetime of observation was what you and I would call uh, a sleight of hand. A sleight of hand is when you, you know, if you're playing poker or whatever game you're playing at a big fancy casino, or magicians use this trick. A sleight of hand is when you create the illusion that something is there. You remove that something, and then when the person looks, they see that no, there's nothing there, but they can't, they, don't, they don't remember seeing whatever it was being taken or removed from them. That's the essence of delusion, a construct that I've developed to help people understand it. So, for example, uh, the devil's favorite trick is to overcomplicate a presentation or a pitch or whatever, and obscure from you the... The simple truth. So, so what? When it comes down to the monetary system, I suffered for years in my life, um, and when I say early life, I'm talking about young kid, teen, preteen, college and stuff. So I remember going to the economics, uh, my mandatory economics uh, course at the University of Missouri, and I would say there was approximately a thousand to fifteen hundred people in this large. Uh, it was Economics 101 class. So I heard the, like, hour-plus presentation by the economist and the professor. And I really knew that I knew nothing about the subject. And I walked up to the professor, politely, but, but with, like, a soft aggression. I walked up to the professor and and just fired a shot at him, making sure that, you know, I was, I was trying to... I wanted to have a good relationship with him, obviously, because he was great. So, but I simply asked them at some point during the class, hopefully early on, can you give us like a short description of like exactly what money is? What does money do? What, what is, you know, money really all about? And I know that's a huge question, but you see, if you, if you can get people to simplify it, then you can decide whether it's a lie or whether it's deception or whatever. So, for example, I have spent a lifetime of research in many categories of subjects. Ironically, and this was from God, you know, and sometimes I use the word and I'm saying so people must some people must think I'm absolutely raving right because I don't want I don't mean to sound like I'm so chummy with God. Please forgive me if that's what you're getting. I think that's kind of a that's a deception. Yes, God is my friend and I'm God's friend, but at the same time, it's just like the the standard that's supposed to be with parents, mothers, and fathers. Yeah, your mother and father may be your friend or friends, but according to God's plan, your mother and father are, first and foremost, uh, in their authority, they are your mother and father, assigned by God to raise you. And we've lost that in our culture, and we, we walk in a delusion. So, with money, the bottom line truth about money will revolutionize your life, set you free, and I don't mean to live a Hallmark card statements or verse, but what I'm trying to convey to you is there's an occultic—money is not evil in and of itself. Money is, you know, money is the root of all evil taken in context, okay, because there's things that move concurrently current, with money, like the, the, the desire uh, for power, the worshiping of idols and false gods and all other things, you know run concurrently with money. So, but when the professor gave us this opening lecture about economics, he really didn't even, even attempt to simplify, and it can be simplified, a, a working definition for what money is. Because I know you can go up just about any college student, maybe not a business or economics major or whatever, but your average college student couldn't give you a better answer any more than I could have given you an intelligent answer back when I was in college. Okay, so we have to understand that money can be understood. And in order to understand money as other things, you have to, as God tells us to do in the Word of God, in the book of Proverbs, we need to actively pursue wisdom. We need to gain knowledge. Uh, when we pursue wisdom and, and get guidance and gain knowledge, knowledge is power, all kinds of power. So in this world that we live in, uh, I'm not saying this was God's intention. I don't even think it was God's intention. But, but in this fallen world, money has become largely, not totally, but significantly, a, a weapon of mass destruction, of which Lucifer uses. Now, that, that, that's only because that, in, in many respects, uh, the people who are part of the Luciferian elite or the globalist elite uh, are also the richest people in the world. Now, but God promises, and we're going to to continue on in on that thing because it's 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 either an abused theme or not properly explained. But but uh, as I said in a uh, prophecy of the future of America, volume two and, and volume one, and then uh, you have to get volume two because that explains really essentially economically survival beyond survival, wisdom, guidance, money, the whole thing. It talks about in the book. Uh, Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 2. And I've never read another author expose the secrets behind money and also the, the real supernatural history behind it. But just as supernatural, it, it didn't mean it didn't happen. Okay, so we're going to break that open for you. Because the money system that is largely controlling the world today, and this is one of the main themes of my books, I should write down the the pillar er, uh, areas that the Lord had focused on in my books, and that they that these categories of knowledge and wisdom are begun in my first book, and they're continually developed. They continually move to a higher level of understanding as I, the author, by the grace of God, is hopefully is moving to a higher level of understanding for the benefit. For the benefit of God's people, you say, why do you say that so emphatically? I say that emphatically because among different prayers that I have prayed to the Lord, and I can't, I don't feel right sharing the most private communications with the Lord, even in this area, but I I will touch on it briefly, briefly. I develop it more in, in book series, but what I'm telling you now is that at least will help point you in the direction that I'm coming. Okay, so very simply, uh, in this fallen world, money has become an instrument of like power, military power. And we live in a world where mass billions of people have rejected the true God, the biblical God. Thus, they have rejected his system and everything like God's system of economics, God's system of money, God's system of interest, loans. God has a vast amount to to say about. Uh, economics and money and all that stuff. And it's it's we're not supposed to be, you know, dummies. We're supposed to be up to speed. So uh, it's critical that you understand and again, I've not, I, I had to piece it together the hard way because that meant I had to go explore and research and meet and interview with uh, a vast diversity of people who were money economics experts, everything from like Super wealthy people to people or that are among the elite, to ordinary people, people on the bottom of the pyramid structure, etc. Cetera, et cetera. What I discovered was that money is, you see, God is so much smarter than me and you. I know it's bad English, but that's the way I wanted to say it. God is so much smarter than us. So we're just talking about economics and money. And as I'm thinking, you know, in, in nanoseconds about I normally don't think about what I'm going to say next, for the most part. I try to move in a different state of consciousness. No, that's not a wage. But the thing is that I I, I find that by entering into a specific state of consciousness, or you can call it frame of mind or worldview, that the flow of information is more energized, that the uh, information is more anchored and connected to not only God's word, but to disciplines like the monetary system and economics and power and cult, satanic, luciferian control systems. Uh, Birth, you know, in the the time of uh, the Tower of Babel being built uh, and uh, ancient Babylon, the world's first one world government, one world economics. So focus in with me. Among among the fundamental truths that God gives us in the scripture. Now, if God doesn't give us something in the scripture, it may have, well, it would would have some degree of importance or it wouldn't be there, but a proper understanding of it, there are certain areas, the areas that God emphasizes or repeats or elaborates on in the Word of God, And, and we have to properly respect God's authority. So if God is spending so much time and Uh, focus or whatever, uh, uh, trying to communicate with us a far deeper understanding in certain areas. So, for example, uh, God has a lot to say about how you can get right with Him and be forgiven for sins. That's one of the main themes in the Bible. And so, information you could download is endless. Now, we have other subjects which are very, very, very important. They're really high up there. They may not be fully appreciated as really, really important by the contemporary Christian culture or the contemporary secular culture. But the fact of the matter is, in the categories of knowledge which we could call economics, the monetary system, the relationship between money and power, uh, uh, functions of money, functions of money. Uh, Buying and selling services, uh, artificial humanistic systems that do not appear in the Bible except without a kind of rebuke, a severe caution, or an outright denunciation uh, made by the Lord God, and, and many areas in the area of money. God, you know, God wants His people to be prosperous. He says that in the word, not a faith. In, Name it and claim it, faith, whatever, teacher, because you believe God wants you to prosper. You're a Bible-believing Christian if you believe Bible, God wants to prosper you, because God says repeatedly, one of the primary themes in Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, is that God wants to prosper you. End of story. Get over it if you've got a bias against that. Now, same token, if you're if you are like guilty of promoting and embracing a a, a aberrant non-biblical, New Age-slash-faith-movement, quasi-Christian-cult doctrine where, where you interweave New Age teachings, Eastern mystical teachings, secular humanistic teachings, occultic teachings. You mix them in with your so-called Bible teaching ministries or evangelism, or whatever. It's very subtle. But, but you see, that's why God has given us his teachers, pastors, apostles, God has given us his word, uh, and the whole structure of Judaism Judaism, Christianity, is that they're built on an accountability factor that's not arbitrary. You're accountable, and then God points to the law of God, when whether you're obeying it or violating it. So you, you're accountable to a specific, to the word of God. There's no mystery. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. God has spelled it out for you. And so, uh, but see, that accountability factor is missing in many of the world's biggest religions and cults, etc. And so, uh, the practitioners and the priests or whatever of these different religious cult-type systems around the world, they often go doctrinally astray, even within their own doctrine, because they have no anchor. They have no word of God as their firm foundation, therefore there's no accountability. And what, evident, what inevitably happens is you have like a the, the emergence of a mass theological chaos. So if you were to do a flow chart of, of the power structure of, of uh, Hinduism or Buddhism, organizational charts, and look at them in terms of business models, etc., Buddhism, Hinduism, Eastern mysticism, and all the... the branch-offs and secret societies and occult teachers and biblical Christianity and authentic biblical Judaism, you would see that, that there may be some initial similarities. Similarities may continue, but the bottom line is these belief systems, especially uh, Judaism and true biblical Christianity, they are built in relationship to the Word of God. They are built on God's Word. They, therefore, they are the ultimate reference point. If Christian churches today are teaching stuff that has departed from God's Word, then it is it, it, it no longer, with integrity or honesty, claim to be Christian. You would have to stop calling yourself a Christian and give yourself another name, because if you've departed and rejected from the Bible or the uh, Old Testament, then you are are theologically an apostate. You've fallen away from the faith. Okay, so that's the preamble. Now. What we have to understand is that this entire world that we live in, and you will not hear this taught hardly anywhere, because as with all truths that have the power to set millions of people free, that have the power to change your destiny, your family's destiny, that has the power to change our nation and our world, when you're dealing with a truth that has that much power, the powers of hell will align themselves in an effort to destroy or obliterate that truth. But we can't, you and I, in partnership together in what the Lord has called us to do, you and I, we continue to be move forward by faith. From faith to faith, we continue to move forward, believing the promises of God. So that means we may be in temporal, agonizing, momentary pain, anxiety, PTSD. who knows what. You know, all hell may be coming against us. And yet we are able to stand and move forward victoriously, because we have chosen with an act of our wills to stand on the firm foundation, which is Jesus Christ. And a firm foundation, obviously, is a foundation that isn't going to break in half, crack and crumble, or whatever, in terms of self-destruction. It's a foundation that is so strong that it can withstand massive adversity, it can withstand negative elements and factors, and the believers in Jesus Christ who position themselves and build their lives on the solid rock or on the firm foundation of God's Word, they will discover that, yes, the trials and tribulations will will come at them, but they will experience the reality of a visible wall of supernatural protection, protection by Almighty God, released by God in response to the faith of believers as they endeavor to stand on the Word of God. And that's where we're at. And we do this together under the, under the, the flag, if you will, for lack of a better definition. We, we gather together organizationally, organizationally and logistically under Paul McGuire Ministries and Paradise Mountain Church. And, and you see, we, we believe that Jesus is Lord of life. And therefore, the Word of God speaks to every dimension and sector in life, not just the so-called spiritual world is one of our foundational tenets, and that it is our job to obey the commandments of Christ, to go into all the world and preach the gospel, save souls, to make disciples of all nations. That means teach them the Bible, teach them wisdom in every area of life, and teach them a biblical worldview. His knowledge is power. See, if these things were properly understood, And properly acknowledged and properly put in action, we would not be in the, the the challenge point that we're in. Okay, you understand that. So, God is pouring out His Spirit right now in divine mercy, unmerited favor upon His children, and upon America. God knows our wickedness, and other nations also. He knows we deserve judgment, but because of the sake of the elect, however many that is, only the Lord knows. Like in America, for example. For the sake of the elect, and this should be of a comfort to you, when I speak these words to you, and as you discern whether or not they're, they're, they're consistent with the presence of the Lord, as you read the words, you will experience peace and a release, blessing, and the power of God will come down upon you as kind of like a spiritual promissory note where God is saying, because because you've chosen to step out on faith and obey him. Because you've chosen to do what he commanded his people to do. The Lord is confirming to you that his blessing is upon you, your children, your family, your spouse, and from generations to come. So keep walking in that truth. As you continue to walk in that truth by faith, you will see and observe and discover firsthand that as you obey God and walk in the parameters and the power of the truth that I just shared you, As you continue to obey God in your walk, you will begin to experience and you will begin to understand a far deeper level of wisdom that will actually open up for you in response to your prayer and your seeking the Lord and your studying of the Word of God and meditating on the Word of God. And because of the position of your heart, the Lord has bestowed upon you supernaturally. Uh, a significant multiplication of supernatural wisdom, guidance, practical wisdom, understanding, favor, the ability to uh, generate income, uh, the, the realization that additional and new sources of income or supply God will open up to you as you move forward in his will and in his way. It, it's, it's a, it's a real spiritual relationship there. So, the devil, who is trying to be God, who is leading this global level revolution against God right now in America and around the world. Notice, from a panorama point of view, notice what is happening in America, globally, the European Union, places like Russia, the Ukraine. Notice what's happening on multiple dimensions and levels all over the world right now. What you see, and I talk about this in my books, and I and I decode and break open the Bible, because the Bible has been warning about us, about these specifics for thousands of years. So, as God opens up His Word to you, you see, and I, I believe that, I can't explain to you how it's happened, but there appears to be in the last 50 to 60 years, in America especially, there was like a turning point and, and what I could only describe as like a quantum level explosion or increase in the level of consciousness, in the intellectual level, the skill set level, the understanding level, a an exponential increase in the level of understanding and development in advanced sciences like genetics, DNA, neural implants, uh, bodies functioning as broadcasters and receivers, uh, virtual or synthetic mental telepathy. I mean, it just goes on and on. Whole new areas of study like the science of young longevity, as in young the science of longevity, as in living longer, the, the science of a kind of biological reverse engineering where your body, I don't know what to, to what percentage, but your body and brain starts to, to become younger. Now, to what degree, I don't understand, but but I do understand this, that when the life force is fully released and not inhibited, when the life force ultimately comes from God, is fully released, that only not only substantially raises up the power of an individual's immune system, but it it extends the quality, condition, and span of a person's life, because the life force is being produced. And then you have, when the life force uh, begins to infuse itself, and ultimately I believe the, the life force is the same thing that Jesus Christ talked about when he would minister to people or the apostles would minister to people uh, through their supernatural authority to impart divine healing in the bodies and spirits of people they prayed for. Divine healing. And I believe that due to the biblical covenant in the Old Testament and the New Testament, that you have a biblical right to divine healing. Now, I just want to briefly qualify I am not inferring or teaching what I consider to be a tangential departure from rightly dividing the Word of God in this area of divine healing. We must honestly admit that in the world today, there are many times when people have prayed for people to be physically healed or miraculously healed or to receive divine healing. We have seen, most of us have seen, many examples of people who were supernaturally and miraculously healed or delivered, or some kind of biological, medically certified miracle occurred. I've seen, and I've prayed for people, and it's happened. At the same time, I've prayed for people, and I've even prayed for it myself and people that are close to me, etc. And many times I'll see a miraculous answer to prayer. But in other cases, and there's no identifiable factors to, to the term in other cases, but in other cases, when I pray for myself or somebody else or whatever, or, or, or for whatever reason, I don't see an answer to the prayer. Uh, now, I'll keep praying to the day I die, but I don't see an answer to the prayer. And, and you say, God, how, how could this be? And you perform this incredible miracle. I've seen in my own life and other people's lives uh, overwhelming, miraculous, supernatural answers to prayer. That has happened to me, too. So I know that I know that I know it was not a hypnotic state. I wasn't conned. I knew it was the real thing. But there are other times when uh, it doesn't seem to be a supernatural or miraculous answer. The condition seems to remain. Okay, so in that case, I'm going to continue to pray till the day I die. But number two is I am not the healer. You are not the healer. My job is to pray. It is the Lord that heals. So if the Lord doesn't heal, they're, they're, I'm not, I don't have time to do a healing, but if the Lord doesn't heal, heal there's so many, many, many uh, potential reasons as to why uh, there could be a blockage or an actual, actual stoppage of some kind of supernatural healing. All I know is I've seen too many supernatural, miraculous healings and miracles of many kinds in, in, the, in the direct response to prayer. So it's imperative that we don't surrender our, our collective reality as we are participating in society. Notice that as we look at our society, it's the same old song and dance. The people who make the most noise and, and stir up the most trouble, the people that holler the loudest, inevitably get the attention, which they then cleverly translate their, the attention they're getting, into power, both monetary, politically, socially. So you have all these activist groups that were in their primary primordial days, if you will. And I talk all about this in again, the sequence of my books, which will be called the Founders Series, by the way. Uh, the Day the Dollar Guide, uh Power from Conquering Matrix, uh, The Warning, the Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds in the History of the World. Um uh, are, are You Ready? And many, many, many more. And the point is. It's step upon step, precept upon precept. You lay in, like a good workman, a foundation of a biblical worldview. So, bottom line is that in this time period that we're in, where there's an all out war against truth, which implies that there's an all out war going on right now in multiple dimensions against God, the spirit of Antichrist in America. And around the world, at this exact time in America, the spirit of Antichrist and satanic fallen angels and demonic powers, principalities and powers have mounted themselves up and they are in an all out, bloodthirsty, soul thirsty war against all true Christian believers. There's an all out war energized by the spirit of Antichrist. This is what causes people to be irrationally angry, hostile hating Christians, hating Christian morality, hating the Word of God, this berserker uh, uh, mindset of like total, people think they're like a total demon, and they, they just blindly blame Christians for everything. And, and you can say anything about any group in America, but if you dare to, to I mean, you can put down Christianity and you'll be celebrated. And at the same token, you could ignore Christianity and you would be celebrated, because both are attempts to destroy Christianity. So the way you deal with that spirit of Antichrist is you recognize that behind the political, sexual, social upheavals, behind the economic upheavals, like occult principles being implemented by super billionaires and super trillionaires. So, for example, the occult Babylonian principle of, um, you know, order out of chaos, which is on the base of the pyramid on the back of the U.S. dollar bill. Order out of chaos, which comes from the Latin word, uh, where it says order out of chaos, and that could be adapted to new world order out of chaos. So the idea is that the old order uh, will will burn away or be destroyed, and this will give rise to a new world order, which is now being called the Great Reset or uh, birth by the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset. Is a rebranding of hardcore occultism and communism, and Nazi fascism. Well, that's all it is. It's a bunch of fancy words. It's a bunch of mumbo jumbo, and it's a bunch of flat out lies designed to, to sucker punch the dumbed down masses, so they can take they can take total domination and control, and you really will work at slave labor wages. I mean, I learned when I was a young kid. You know, we had subways in New York City, okay. So, my father's famous sarcastic joke that he used all the time on, but it was his, he was using his sarcastic joke as a means of teaching me an economic principle and truth, which he he wrapped the economic principle he was trying to reveal to me in this kind of dumb joke. And the dumb joke was simply, in, in reference to anything he might be talking about, my father would say, that and... uh. Twenty cents will get you on get you on any subway in New York City. And somehow he said it faster. But the idea was that back at that time, I believe it was about twenty cents to get on the subway. Today, I don't know what it is. It could be twenty dollars. I have no idea. Um, So, but back then, for twenty cents, you could go to any subway stop. You could travel anywhere over the you know enormous uh, landmass of the subway system. And so the joke was. Could tell, you know, out-of-towners or other people, that and 20 cents. So whatever you had in your pocket, did you have a penny? Did you have 15 cents? Did you have a quarter? Did you have a dollar? Whatever it is, if you add to that uh, your your token or t- your 20 cents, you can get in on any subway. Well, the, 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 the dumb joke was that because you're paying 20 cents, that alone in and of itself gets you in on any subway. So no matter how expensive what you happen to have in your hand or how inexpensive it was, it was completely irrelevant because that doesn't get you on the subway. The 20 cents covers everything. So, done deal. So the point of the dumb joke was there are a lot of things in life where, where people are telling you, they're selling you something, giving you something, or they're presenting a choice to you, which is really no choice. It's a new program or whatever. And, and in their deceit towards you and in their lying spirit towards you, what they're doing is trying to fool you and to trick you into believing that you're getting this thing that's worth something you're getting this money this uh, some source of supply that you're getting something of great value you're getting something because of what changes they made and, and you don't have to worry about things because everything will be taken care of but you see that 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 is like a, a remote vague partial truth wrapped violently into a a, a lie and, and masquerading as a truth. So when you hear the buzzword of Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, and the other people in the World Economic Forum, when they say their famous slogan, you will own absolutely nothing, but you will never be happier in your whole life. That's the classic sales pitch of communism, Marxism, and all the other totalitarian systems. They promise you heaven on earth, but And when the day is done, you end up in a ghetto. You will be betrayed. You'll be broke, miserable. You'll have no freedoms. You will be worse than a slave. You will be worse than a slave slave. But the Christian churches in America have failed to proclaim the truth of the gospel, depriving countless millions of people, young people, generation after generation, a silent, an almost silent, an almost silent evangelical church and an almost silent Bible believing church totally failed to shine the light of Jesus Christ and the light of his word, into an increasingly dark culture dominating and taking over America. And as a consequence of the retreat, unintended or intended by Christians to, to retreat and escape from the battlefields of our society, the vacuum that it was left, as in with all physics, abhors a vacuum. And so when when any semblance of a Christian worldview was stripped from our society, what rushed in to fill the vacuum was the brutal, monstrous uh, communist revolutions and Marxist revolutions and the Nazi revolution uh, and the fascist revolution. And in every communist Marxist revolution, originally phasing in with socialism, all these utopian promises are made. All of these, these great praises of what we're going to do for you. Everybody's going to have the best health care, and we will all have it equally. Well, go to Canada and check out their socialist health care. They, they are in a meltdown. They have no quality health care. And that it will be the fate of America soon. You see, yeah, nobody will have decent health care. You can't have—it's it, a violation of common sense economics. You can't illegally bring in millions of people into America of any race, ethnic group, or or background, because this is not supposed to be racially uh, specific. It has to do with the fact is, if you bring in a million people who have been programmed in their lives to believe in socialism and to believe that the government is their savior and will provide for all their needs, and you begin to artificially bring in millions of these people to the United States, what you've done is you've changed the core, commonplace uh, kind of natural organic hive mind that exists, and you 've blown apart that homeostasis and you 've injected it with this um, narrative, this Jungian subconscious narrative in which uh, beneath the the tunnels and walls and pathways of logic and neural circuitry is is the influence and the domination. Of very powerful principalities and powers. Okay, so if we charted it out, it would go something like this. We could say, in terms of satanic, spiritual, and natural forces, okay, satanic, spiritual, and natural forces, and then we could make a list. Uh, number one, uh, any action or behavior which opposes the Word of God. So whatever you do that is deliberately sent satanic and and in rebellion from God, you, your action, which is evil, is opening the doorway. It's opening a portal for more satanic power to enter the earth, okay? So the critical factor here is that immediately when it's called the pop-ups, when we go back the 1920s, 1930s, let's say, let's go back to the 1940s, America began to take off in every every particular way, Uh, manufacturing, computers, technology, rockets, you name it, whatever it was we were taking off, we were booming. But at at that critical point in our nation's history, and many of you were alive to remember it, or you've seen pictures of it, at that critical point in history, when God, like the Pilgrims and Puritans, began to bless us in a big, big way on a global level. Unfortunately, the people who represent the, the body of Christ in America, they began to worship the false gods of their neighbors, and the false gods were things like personal peace and happiness, materialism, uh, immorality, you know, greed, secular humanism or whatever. Americans and American Christians followed them, began to worship false gods. Personal peace and prosperity, humanism. Today it's a cult and witchcraft teachings, pagan teachings. It's a whole mixture. But since the 1940s, there was a serious change in direction. And this change, the seeds of the change of direction began to be planted in the lives of young ministers that began to be planted in Christian colleges, in Christian universities, in Christian seminaries, in Bible institutes and Christian schools and Christian ministries, etc. There was a very subtle intellectual and spiritual seeing that where demonic principalities and powers, fallen angels, technology, vast sums of money, uh, uh, the organizational structures of globalist uh, uh, institutions designed to take over planet Earth literally. And so Seeds were being planted, and so the first time the seeds were like publicly recognized to to start bearing flowers and fruits and you know vegetables and apples and whatever whatever you want to put in categories which comes from seeds and you plant in a garden and and with the intention of, of eating it or whatever trees are bearing fruit or whatever so. The first harvest that occurred of this seeding was roughly 1970 or no, late '60s, like let's say 1968, 1967, when in around that time period, we had the British invasion of rock and roll stars that carried with them or embedded in them the subliminal message of sex, drugs and rock and roll. So like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, and you go down the list. So now America is in even a deeper apostasy. So we have the the rejection of God's word, pagan uh, worship, secret societies, occultism, sexual immorality, breakdown of you know persons' word, you know breakdown of integrity, of of love and honor and respect, breakdowns in our social institutions, and then as all this accelerates, making Christianity illegal in the school systems, uh, teaching uh, Darwinian evolution. Uh, teaching that there is no God. And, and so, you know, by a certain period, it, it was already basically full speed in the head by, by the time the 1970s became 1980. And so, full speed ahead communist, Marxist, secular humanist, transhumanist, mass indoctrination and programming. The scientific dictatorship written about by Aldous Huxley. A total cultural, political, societal, radical transformation. As radical as the, the Woodstock Rock Festival was uh, in New York at Maxi Asgard's farm. And you had like over a half a million people running around naked in the mud, dropping acid, and acting like they were primitive tribesmen in some Peruvian jungle high in ayahuasca herb or whatever. So you have that, and then uh, you have where we are now, where, where it's interesting, the dichotomy in modern thought, modern cultural, economic, intellectual, creative leadership is, has always been and intensified, whether we're supposed to rely on logic, reason, empirical evidence, the true scientific method, that that should be our primary method of decision-making and understanding. Or should we cleave towards a more, you know, go with your gut, your instinct, your intuition, the more mystical uh, uh, sensitivities, developing a kind of neo mysticism uh, where, you know, ESP, remote viewing, and then blending it with modern neurological sciences, electromagnetic frequencies, and research, enormous research where you have the blending of scalar technology, Tesla's theories, Einstein's theories, blending with 5G technologies, and uh, uh, various groupings of EMF, or electromagnetic frequencies, And, and we discover that these frequencies, literally, that you and I and the people we know and what we see and hear and feel and touch in this physical reality is merely a projection of a specific electromagnetic frequency from one dimension into the physical realm dimension. So it's all about electromagnetic frequencies. And by changing, raising or lowering an electromagnetic frequency, by modulating it, by transforming it, and there's numerous technologies that have been around for, for, from the 1900s in a big way, probably Nikola Tesla, the first one. And these new technologies can function like old-fashioned science fiction, ray gun beams or laser beams or laser weapons. And they are, in actuality, it's a scientific fact, directed energy weapons that can liquefy and obliterate a city, a town, uh, a factory, or whatever for, via satellite or, or via some kind of remote transmitter. These are like death rays, and, and the major superpowers of the world all possess them. So you see, there's, a, there's an integration on a far higher level than ever before. And what this integration is, as we, we're, we're in the construct of time, as we are moving in the dimension of time towards our final destination as individuals in terms of our longevity, as we are moving uh, towards a particular dimension uh, where we will depart from these temporary earth bodies, which is our temporary biological bodies, and those that, uh, of us that have chosen to, with an act of our will, have put our faith in Jesus Christ, who has cleansed us of all sin through the blood of Jesus. When we did that, there was a supernatural transformation that occurred in our inner man and inner woman. At that exact nanosecond, when we made a choice with an act of our will, we were supernaturally transformed. And we, uh, the nanosecond we died, however we died, We were absent from whatever was left of our physical earth dimension body. And then in a nanosecond, we appeared in heaven, a perfect world in a different dimension. We appeared in heaven um, in a brand new glorified body. So it was supernaturally enhanced. It was brand new, radiant, beyond anything you could possibly imagine. And your brand new glorified body projects the real you far more beautiful or handsome than you are now, uh, the, the real you will materialize in weight, in looks, in capacities and abilities, everything that you were originally created to be, but it got stolen through the fall. Jesus Christ, because you're a joint heir with Jesus, you will, be a, you will receive the eternal inheritance that God has for you, which means a redemption, a return to all the overwhelming supernatural blessings and gifts, and, and all kinds of stuff that God has infused in your life and, and set aside for when you enter the kingdom of heaven. Things that are just so mind-blowingly beautiful. We don't have words to describe how magnificent the whole thing is. One thing we need to always remember is, is God is love. God is creative. God is the Creator God, capital C. So create creativity. God possesses the most imaginative. The most colorful, the most uh, there's no there's no verbal words that any of us possess that can even remotely describe the full magnificence and and glory of God's creative ability and to make things not only eternal but beautiful on every level. You see, God gives us samples of His beauty, like when we look at anything God creates on this earth, whether it's the beach and the ocean or whatever. It's spectacular beyond belief, whether it's the mountains and the snow in a colder climate with, with giant mountains and snow and stuff. It's beautiful beyond description, whether it's the desert in, in the areas where people like the desert, certain palm trees and small rivers, and there's a variety of plants and stuff that are really beautiful, but you have to seek it. It's hard to find those areas. And so you have like tropical island beauty, you have like, you know, the, 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 Mountain regions in Scandinavia. You have these beautiful jungles and, and areas in South America and Africa. The, the the life under the water in the ocean before it got polluted, just incredibly beautiful. These, the sunrise, sunset, the twinkling stars. We could go on and on and on. All of that is like a testimony of of the existence and reality of God, and it shouts to mankind that He's loving and He's creative. If mankind had had the job of being the creator, or or creating, uh, you know, the earth and nature and men and women society. If if that job had been given to fallen man, even the most creative. If that job had been given to the globalist elite, man without God, man's societies and agencies, man's money without God. We know what is the product of man's creation, because man has fallen. The product of man's creation is fatally flawed. It's stained with the death force. So everything that is in this earth, planet earth, everything that contains the thought, that the philosophy, the energy, the the, con- concept- uh, the conceptualization, I don't even know if it's a word, is the product of man's fallen nature. And so, so what we see is Mass food shortages, endless wars, World War I, World War II, World War Three. The movie Oppenheimer, which I was talking to you about the other day. Uh, you know, the father of the first atomic bomb. We use our highly advanced science to split the atom, which creates a mushroom cloud of destruction and kills millions of people in, in, in two Japanese cities uh, and just obliterates people in a, in a radiation blast melting people's skin off, just horrific, what we do with our technology. And then whatever it was that kind of deleted Lahaina on the island of Maui recently, whatever that was, and there are many experts who have glanced at photographs of the destruction in Lahaina, and these experts allege that there's no way that could have come from a fire or anything that's natural. These experts looked at the devastation of Lahaina, and they said that's scalar technology. So it could be scalar technology, but but there are varieties of categories in the area of directed energy weapons, or DEW. Scalar waves are one. You have certain electromagnetic frequencies at certain frequencies that can disintegrate matter and melt metal. so you have all of this technology so so what so what we see inherent in man's creation is a fulfillment of the death and homicidal wish of satan or lucifer because the bible says lucifer or satan goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour so the essence of satan is this roaring lust to devour to destroy to kill and murder and torture mankind and all of god's creation and so The human race has many high points of compassion, of creativity, of goodness, of goal-setting, of scientific, technological achievement, etc., etc., but you see mankind's record in comparison with the Creator God's record since the beginning of man up until the present moment. If we compare God's track record with mankind's track record, we see that mankind's track record It's almost it's almost impossible to visually see it. It's almost impossible to read mankind's track record, because your vision is so obscured by the amount of blood and guts and and radioactive material and and you know pandemic viruses embedded in some kind of toxic soup that the, the the documents that are supposedly analyzing mankind's Uh, Track record, the documents have been like baptized in this toxic soup soup of uh, radiation and biochemical pollution and blood and abortion and child sex trafficking. The evils that man and man systems and man society have released on the earth are so monstrous that if there's any accounting and and an examination of the record of achievement between the creator God and mankind, they can't even be compared. And so in the minor areas, you see sex trafficking of children and stuff. These are these are in the horrific areas. But in the more moderate areas of man's evil, if you go into like New York City, Manhattan, yeah, it's impressive. But architecturally, all the buildings have kind of a depressing gray and silver. The glass, large glass windows, thick windows are sterile. And so the net effect I remember in my radical counterculture days at the University of Missouri I would run into students, and back then people's brains were like they were on fire, they were thinking, they were creative, they were analyzing. So this guy who was a professional architect, I ran into him and got into a conversation with him at the University of Missouri, and he showed me his portfolio, and he gave me a download of education in about a two-hour three-hour conversation, and where I understood why architecture and building and everything is the way it is now at this point in history. This guy was not a Christian, but he was a genius because he read, he studied. And he basically pointed out to me that all modern architecture, in, in terms of buildings or uh, government agencies or whatever, they are all designed on an architectural level and a psychological level to shrink in size the stature of human beings who are who can be seen twenty-eight stories below walking on the ground floor pavement. So you psychologically shrink the importance of mankind, and you artificially elevate the power and authority and soullessness of mad- modern man's architecture. So whether the building is 98 stories or 30 stories or whatever, they're all, you know, rectangular, squarish shapes that shoot up into the sky. And the power is, it's a message of how powerful we are. So usually at some point, tastefully done, is the logo or the name of the, the company that owns or rents the building or whatever. It's the skyscraper. And these skyscrapers are like chess pieces on a giant spiritual and economic chessboard being fought on a global level. And so all of these buildings representing major globalist corporations are like chess pieces on a chessboard. And God is battling Lucifer in this metaphor that I just made up of of this being the war. is like a chess, a multidimensional level chess game. So that's where we are. And what he showed to me was that all of modern architecture, the way the buildings, the office buildings, the company headquarters, the government headquarters, the totality of modern architecture is designed to intimidate psychologically men and women, to make them feel powerless in the eyes of being dwarfed by these giant monolithic structures we call skyscrapers. And so it's like a collective ritualistic, act of of psychological warfare in which the the, it's like the biblical story of uh, God asking that ten spies be sent into the land of Canaan, and then Joshua and Caleb sneak into the land of Canaan, and the essence of the battle between the Canaanites and Joshua and Caleb was the supernatural revelation in the area of their perception that Jonathan and Caleb had when God said to them, that he wanted Joshua and Caleb to sneak into the land where all the giants were and give a report of of where we are militarily. So Joshua and Caleb had in them a perception that the giants really were physical giants. But that was the result of psychological warfare, uh, operant conditioning which produced in them fear. It was a fear-based stronghold. So the physical reality that they thought was accurate, physical reality picture was actually distorted. And the so-called genetic giants, hybrid descendants of the fallen angels, were extremely large and giant-like, and in some cases they were giants. But when you incorporate the reality of a supernatural uh, perception that gives you the ability like night vision or some other military night scope technology. When the Holy Spirit gives you similar technology as to night vision, you can see into the promised land. And yeah, you see these formidable giant type of warriors. And you're doing the mental calculation, you know, can we, can we, excuse the expression, but can we kick their butt or are they going to kick our butt? That's what it's all about. And so... Joshua and Caleb allowed the Holy Spirit to download super soldier programming into them from heaven, the kingdom of heaven. The Creator God created for His people, not only in specifically named military operations, but in all earthly operations, the Creator God, capital C, has downloaded through the Holy Spirit into the lives of all believers. They have the potential and the potential ability to access supernatural spiritual weapons and weapons and perceptions and all kinds of enhancements that will enable them to be victorious in any conflict or warfare. So Joshua and Caleb began to see a different perception of themselves. And this was activated by the Holy Spirit. It was a perception that of reality after reality was going to be reconfigured by their faith and their prayers, and their belief in God. Because they sought God, not the problem. Because they cried out to God for deliverance, there was a metamorphosis or a change in Joshua and Caleb. They began to perceive themselves as more powerful, stronger, tougher, and bigger than the giants. And then, I believe this happens today through electromagnetic frequencies. And then, there was kind of like an unspoken trans... uh, transformation or communication of of this new perceived reality that was picked up by the giants and all of a sudden it was really weird the giants began to perceive themselves as being smaller and the giants began to perceive themselves as being like little insect grasshoppers and so because the Holy Spirit reframed their perception abilities uh, and so they they perceived Joshua and Caleb as, as conquerors, as, as guys that were going to win the battle in multiple dimensions. And so there was terror in the hearts of the uh, Canaanites, who were all worshipers, by the way, of the satanic gods of Baal and uh, uh, other gods of Baal, and Ashtoreth, the female goddess of Satan. Uh, they were all tuned into that worship, which, by the way, generates a demonic electromagnetic frequency. So we transport all of that knowledge and reality to where we are now, and the same God, and this, by the way, came under and still comes under the category or area of nature as God created it, the Creator God, capital C, uh, how God created people, the difference between the genetic creation of mankind, men and women, and the, the, the uh, creation of Rephalum. The Nephium, Rephilim, uh, Fallen Angel hybrid species with partial human-female DNA, and, and how this all plays out, or what happens when seeds of different kinds are planted in people, or what happens when nations and destinies are changed due to the seeding of truth, and w- w- what you platform yourself on. There are so many complexities, and, and, so, and there's such a coming together where God is pouring out with ever-increasing intensity, a download that is faster, uh, contains more pixels if you like, more information, but it's not toxic, and God is downloading into the supernatural body of Christ, primarily via His Word, and studying reality and various disciplines in the context of His Word. God is allowing His supernatural body of Christ in the last days to go through a massive transformation And it's happening now, and it's happening in the hearts and minds of believers everywhere who have stepped out in faith and who are willing to come to the Lord with a perception of faith, belief, seeking of the truth, openness of the truth, and honoring of God's Word, a humility of oneself before God, and in worship and exaltation of the Lordship of Christ, when His people, believers, begin to allow the Spirit of God To shape them and activate them in these directions, the power, the dunamis dynamite power of spiritual, radical spiritual transformation is released in the sense of the meaning of the word dunamis, which comes from the word dynamite, like a violent explosion. A violent explosion occurs when the dunamis is released. Dunamis meaning literally the dynamite power of God from which we get our word dynamite. There's a dunamis light explosion. Now, when God's dunamis-like explosion explodes, it explodes and it radiates everything around it or through it with the life force, and the life force of God is the glory of God. It's the divine healing power of God. It's the presence of God. It's the power of the Holy Spirit, His power from on high. It heals, it saves, it delivers, it grants eternal life. It it drives the the energy behind the new Jerusalem and uh, the new heaven and the new earth. It's just a surge of God himself and God's power, like the rivers of living water that flow from the throne room of God and down into the earth. And it's depicted so wonderfully in the book of Revelation. The rivers of living water flowing out from underneath the throne room of God and the throne of God in heaven, replenishing us now in space and time. So our job is to believe God, acquire or possess the knowledge, the gifts, the power, uh The strategies he wants us to use, and then move forward in diligent obedience and then, as we do that by identifying specific areas, acquiring knowledge, harnessing god's supernatural power in our lives in our nation and our communities, regarding what we could label as negative activities, destructive acts, evil acts, or whatever we're not supposed to passively watch. Great evil manifests, or great evil movements, or great evil people, or great evil thought streams. The, the true body of Christ is never to look at the, the, the progression of great evils in our world with boredom, or indifference, or a blasé attitude, or, or daydreaming. Because if that's where your consciousness is, if that's where your heart is in relationship to the reality of incredible evils, so, case in point would be the reality of the incredible evil in child sex trafficking, the reality of the incredible evil in whatever it was that caused Lahaina in in Maui to to be essentially vaporized, and and people's bodies unaccounted for. Clearly, clearly, if if, if there's truth shining in that environment, that brings light. So, if it's the product of an accident, something blew up, something was triggered, some some technology whatever was triggered. All right, that's possible. I mean, okay, if that's discovered, then we're thankful for that if that's all there is to it. But if but if through proper investigation by legal authorities who are accountable, you discover that there's been foul play, a terrorist group, maybe another nation, you know, China, I mean I'm not just saying China could be any number of nations. Or something you know, some rogue cabal government, I mean, potentially great evil is done. And so the only way we can move forward is to uncover the truth. Because if we're reacting and fighting wars that don't really exist, and if we're reacting to messaging and knowledge and understanding, which is completely uh, a fairy tale and made up, we are only going to hyper-perpetuate the chaos we're in and that's not what god wants for us. So where we are in time and space as they cross currents with highly advanced science, highly advanced technology and you know the old excuse of, you know, they didn't teach me that in school or whatever little cop out words you hear people saying, lovingly hold them accountable and don't let them get away with it. Don't let yourself get away with it. God gave you a brain and he has the full expectation that you can use your brain to fully process and understand and handle the reasons and the perceptions for what is happening in our world as you watch what's happening with current events. God has given you the analytical ability already to come up with with a working plan for why certain things are happening the way they're happening. and then you're supposed to spread that message because it equipped but you've got to earn people's respect. so you've got to have a track record of accuracy. if, you, if you're going to just spout off what anybody says and it turns out to be totally untrue then you're going to be damaged okay and we don't want that to happen because we're in a as i said with the title of my book that you need to get we're in the greatest battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world all right this is paul McGuire. be sure to visit paulmaguire.us i've put everything on a massive discount we're paying for the shipping you need to grab it because i'm not going to do this forever we we're doing it because well we're in a we're in a weird place as a nation and and there's a, there's a paranoia in people and a fear. Well, you can't allow those forces to dictate to you how much knowledge you're going to receive, what you're going to live like. You've got to engage in a spiritual war against those forces. And the only way you do that is by gaining a knowledge of the truth. Okay, this is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. Stand with us in this spiritual battle. I need you to pray and simply ask God with childlike faith, real simple, God. How much would you have me give to Paul McGuire Ministries in Paradise Mountain Church? And he'll either speak to you right at that exact second, or he may speak to you in the middle of the night, or a couple of days later, or a week later, or whenever he speaks to you. And and you've got to ask yourself, if you're a regular listener, and you're benefiting and getting blessed by this ministry, and you listen to it all the time, yet God has, quote, never spoken to you, and so you've never contributed anything financially. I would simply exhort you to to rethink your decision, because if you are being blessed, if you agree in our goals, then God would speak to you to to give a specific amount. It would be completely contradictory to assume anything else. Now, are there are certain people that, you know, they have valid excuses. Uh, certain Certain severe income restrictions. Not just a matter of frivolous priorities, but they have certain limitations or income restrictions, or there's so many problems and challenges that people have. Well, then, if you're doing what you can do with what God's given you to do, then God's not going to call you to, to destroy yourself. So be open to the Lord. He may instruct you about being a serious prayer warrior, intercessory prayer. So these are the ways you can partner with me in the spiritual battle. And you are responsible, like I'm responsible, to actually partner together with people we believe in, the people that we believe the Lord's using. And by the way, nobody's perfect. So if you're waiting for the perfect one to lead you, you're going to have to wait until Jesus returns. Because, you know, I don't know where I am on the list of your uh, uh, evaluation points, but none of us. No man or woman uh, can, be, can meet the standard, which is 100% perfection, that God has. And you may have a very high standard. So just think about that as you do that. Nor should you overlook serious doctrinal issues of false teaching or, or false teaching in the sense of calling God's people to do the absolutely worst or wrong thing in any given situation. So I need you to stand with me, to pray for me, to support me. And yes, thank you so, so much. It's been helpful. Believe me, it's been helpful. Every time you've joined my Prophecy eblast list or join my social media pages or like or follow, that is so helpful because they have been viciously, viciously rigging us for years, and I didn't do anything about it. Well, I realized that they're, they're using the rigging by artificially shrinking my numbers as a weapon to destroy me, marginalize me minimalize me, and contain to block the spreading of the message that I have. I'm not here to brag about myself, but I could if I wanted to in terms of the massive levels of my writing, my ideas, my analysis, things that I uniquely developed over 45 years of research and public speaking in the media area especially. And many, many people have plagiarized, used, borrowed my stuff extensively, and I don't. Essentially do anything about it because the goal is to get the message out, but there are certain times where you have to you have to be discerning and so uh I get it. there are very powerful people who know who know that we really know what we're talking about and we're dealing with concepts and realities that are very vital but potentially are extremely powerful, okay and therefore. People know who this ministry is. They know who I am, and they have for years, because we are often used in an unspoken manner. People get their talking points, their narratives, even their propaganda by manipulating and and turning around the words that I write and speak. Now, that doesn't make me happy, obviously. So I've got to expand this outreach so they can hear the, the full continuum of, of the truth that we're presenting, because truth is a spiritual weapon. So visit paulmaguire.us. That's paulmaguire.us, and I will be back with you in just a moment. You're listening to the Paul Maguire Report. This is Paul McGuire. Together, unified in the power of the Holy Spirit, anchored under the authority of the Word of God, and with the love of God and the Spirit of God inside of our hearts, we move forward by faith doing what God has called us to do, each one of us in the last days, if we pretend before the Lord that we do not hear him, or if we flippantly reject the Word of God when the Word of God is attempting to speak to us. That is an egregious but highly subtle rebellion and evil that any one of us, including me, could easily fall prey to, and we have to be on our guard against that insidious influence because that has crawled into the church it's crawled into the halls of power it's crawled into all facets of our society glimpses of that can be heard in expressions like oh i'm just doing my job how many times have you heard in response to you asking somebody why they're doing something that you know was very very wrong that the person's autopilot response usually somebody you know who's legally allowed to do what they're doing but their their response their autopilot response is oh i was just following orders I'm just doing what I, I, I've been ordered to do. So what they do is they is they remove God from the equation when they do that. They remove God from the situation. And they, in and of themselves, give themselves full illegal permission, full unlawful permission. They give themselves the illegal right to do things that are wrong, criminal, and against the laws of God and the laws of man. And you hear it all the time from from people who are authority figures in our society. And and you and I may have been an authority figure or are authority figures or whatever. But remember, no matter what authority you have, if you're a teacher, you have authority. If you're a doctor, you have authority. If you're a nurse, you have authority. I mean, you can go on forever. If you're a police officer, you have authority. But yes, you have to obey the laws of the land. Absolutely. But you have to obey the laws of God. That doesn't mean you go running around trying to convert everybody because you didn't get hired to be, you weren't hired to be an evangelist. Or a, a converter, or you weren't hired to be a John the Baptist. I mean, get real. You were hired to be a police officer, a teacher, or whatever. So you're supposed to operate within the frames of your job. But if you are being commanded and told to do something or to lie about something that is so serious that, that, it, that it practically guarantees people dying, uh, people never returning to life, and great horror and destruction and death coming upon our society. And you you participate in the orders that causes this great harm and destruction. And when somebody asks you about it, you excuse yourself illegally and immorally by saying, well, I'm just doing my job. That's the number one answers that Adolf Hitler's Nazi soldiers would say. When the Jews and others were pleading with the Nazi soldiers to, to, to do what was right, the Nazi soldiers, like a bunch of robots, would answer with statements like, I am just obeying orders. I am just following orders. I am doing my job. That's what people in the United States talk like that. When you hear the people in the United States of America begin to talk like Nazi soldiers, uh, like Nazis, like robots, when you begin to hear people in America justify doing something that's wrong, communicating that something that's wrong, or, or taking a particular action, which ends up in the deaths of large amounts of people, the destruction of large amounts of people, the harm of large amounts of people over extended periods of time. And you were, even though it's a giant pyramid and you're there towards the bottom, you used whatever position God gave you. You used it, and you know you did, you used it to promote an evil, dark agenda, which at some point in time, you discovered would end in their death, or destruction, or killing, or dying, or getting diseases, or all hell breaking loose in society and our lives. Okay, I'm not talking about you didn't know, and then you found out. I'm talking about that at a certain point, you may have felt uncomfortable about it initially, but 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 let's just say that may involve a gray zone. But at some point, you knew that what you did, and if you continued to do it in a certain way, that it would be. That it was wrong, and you were lying, and the specific kind of lie you were involved in ended up in people dying, getting fatally sick, and great harm coming to pass in people's lives. Now, I am not here to shame you or pick on you or point a finger at you. I'm not here to say I'm holier than now. I'm not here to condemn you. Please understand that. I'm here to forgive you the truth so the truth will set you free. Because where you are right now in that middle zone is torturous and you're in spiritual bondage. God, I want you to know that God loves you. He's reaching out to you in real space and time dimensions right now. The hand of the Lord Jesus Christ is reaching out to you through time and space, through multiple dimensions. And God is not offering his hand to you to condemn you right now. God is offering his hand out to you right now, to lead you, by hand, personally, and by name, to lead you into a place of deliverance, forgiveness, um, restitution, uh, guidance. So God is not here just to shame and blame you for what you did that you discovered was wrong. And God is offering you forgiveness If you will ask him to forgive you, and if you will admit before him uh, that what you did, and what you did that was specifically wrong. And so you ask God for his forgiveness, and then you receive that through the blood of Jesus Christ. You don't earn it. Now, the temptation is to run around and tell everybody humanly, to tell Christians and non-Christians and people at work. No, absolutely not. You need to, until you have grown in the truth, until you have, have... processed all of this, you need to be quiet and not speak about this, unless it's an emergency situation and you're speaking to a qualified Bible-believing, bible practicing Christian counselor of some kind. And even then, you have to be very careful. You want to seek out somebody who can facilitate merging the truth with healing. We are all in the same world that you're in. We're, we have different positions to occupy, different different functions to occupy. But we're all in this soup together, okay? And let's hope it's nothing worse than green pea soup with little squares of toast. Sorry about that. That was the image that came up, and I don't want to get into the why. The point is that we live in a world, the Bible calls the last days. There's a quantum increase in immorality. The great harlot, Babylon the great with whom the kings and the queens of the earth, the powerful, the rich men, the mighty men, the elite of the earth, fornicated with Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots. Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots, is like the globalist feminine goddess figure for a satanic counterfeit of a biblical worldview and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mystery Babylon, the or the feminine goddess figure, or Gaia, known as Mother Earth, the uh, Isis, the wife of uh, uh, Nimrod, um, the dome structure. There's always the phallic symbol, the phallus near the dome structure, like the dome structure of the U.S. Capitol, the phallus, the Washington Monument. The dome structure is the womb of Semiramis. Okay, that's where the, that's the heartbeat of this stuff here. This is the neurological theological historical and economic rewiring and rebooting, not in the sense of the Great Reset, which is a Luciferian. What, what the Luciferian Reset is, is you're going to erase any remnant of God's truth uh, from your computer system, and you're going to uh, throw in the garbage or erase or remove all Things that contain viruses, using up memories, are non-essential to your operating system. And then you're going to kill the power, and you're going to reboot a Great Reset, except they want you to use their operating instructions. They, the Great Reset wants you to strictly only use their software, their technology, and their programming. Because the way that they have constructed the Great Reset, It really should be called the great rigging. They're going to rig the game on behalf of their wealth, their health, their benefit, their god-king and goddess queen statuses. And they're going to rule the world world as what I call pharaoh god-kings. And who are they? And where do they come from? See, it comes right up to the moment. And this is what we need to grasp together. This comes right up to the present second, because the chaos we have seen The rise of this new world order, or the Great Reset—all of this stuff—is the result of countless decades, thousands and thousands of years of progression. You know, you read my books at paulmaguire.us, and all the free articles about them, and the free messages, and the free teachings. You need to go to paulmaguire.us. But at the very secret heart of our country, America, and its destiny, and the the destiny of the church, are dark occultic satanic secrets that are actually provide the software of an invisible realm, economic global integration known in its finality as the one world economic system that will culminate in a single microchip, biochip, nanochip, or a neural implant placed in the hand or the forehead, otherwise known as 666, the mark of the beast. And nobody can buy or sell. Nobody can be plugged into the global economic system unless they have this uh, mark-of-the-beast technology in them. And they're plugged in on a wireless basis. They're plugged into the hive mind or world brain or great collective consciousness or the great artificial oneness. And all of your thoughts, ideas, dreams, memories, all of it is an open book due to uh, uh, computer technology and artificial intelligence. It had all stemmed from the, 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 the supernatural lust and desire to control from a group of eight Luciferian elite families, or what is sometimes referred to as eight Illuminati bloodline families. It was this group that created the Federal Reserve Cartel, or criminal syndicate. Sig- it was this group that created, or financed at least, the Freemasons and the House of Rothschild. And so going back prior to uh, 1909, going back way before that, we had Lord Alfred Milner, a South African industrialist, the infamous Cecil Rhodes, who, who was so wealthy, it was just mind-boggling. Uh, the Rhodes Scholarship, which he helped finance, is granted by Oxford University. And then you have the fact that Cecil B. DeRose founded the De Beers Diamond Family and the De Beers and Standard Chartered Bank, and then you had the Rockefeller family and and the fact that Milner financed uh, the, the Russian Bolshevik Communist revolution on behalf of the Rothschild family and with the help of the international banking families of Jacob Schiff and Max Warburg. And so in 1917, a British Foreign secretary. Arthur Balfour penned a letter to Zionist second Lord Lion Walter Rothschild, and they expressed support for the Jewish homeland and, and wanted to facilitate Palestinian-controlled lands in the Middle East. So you have this—people this, uh, make a mistake, and, and they, they, they superficially analyze the Jewish culture and Judaism from the Old Testament to the time when they returned to uh, Israel, et etc. et cetera. And they fail, critics of Judaism fail to separate and, and fail to make a distinction between what could be called Jews in names only, Jews that are referred to in the New Testament as possibly being part of the synagogue of Satan, Jews that claim to be Jews but or claim to be genetically linked to uh, the patriarchs. There are all kinds of Jews who claim to be in the DNA family of the patriarchs. Okay. But Jesus himself said just because you may be genetically connected to the patriarchs and, and, and some of the great leaders in the Bible, your genetic connection to them doesn't mean that you are in reality anything like them at all. In fact, you're you're the exact opposite. Your father is of the devil. So there were certain uh areas of Judaism that were like satanic, and certain areas of Judaism that followed the Lord. The same is true and existent in the Christian and Catholic cultures. We have, in both the Catholic cultures and the Christian culture, we have various categories of people that are very satanic, occultic, evil, involved in incredibly questionable activities, but they maintain that they are true Catholics or true Christians. No. The same same challenge comes up when we talk about the Jews. Okay, and so you need to, you need to look at it uh, through uh, discernment. So all of these groups, especially founded by uh, the Rothschilds and Lord Milner and Cecil Rhodes, uh, they eventually, as time went on, began to, to hyper-develop their plans for a global government, a global economic system, and a one-world religion. They accelerated those plans, plus reducing the Earth's population by any means necessary. And there was always, among uh, these international banking families, there was always a secret, uh, huge secret compartment, which included the influence and power of secret societies, such as um, uh, the Nazi secret societies, Skull and Bones, and Freemasonry, and, and all kinds of secret societies, run concurrent with you know, Christian, evangelical, Catholic, religion-type things. And also, a worship, very noticeable, very conspicuous among the globalist elite, great reset family lines. We see uh, a tremendous and inordinate amount of influence from Aldous Huxley, uh, H.G. Wells, um, Aleister Crowley, the great Satanist, Madame Blavatsky, the the great cultist, much of the teachings and ideas of the United Nations financed by Rockefeller are built on Madame Blavatsky's Theosophical Society teachings, Luciferian teachings, and she passed them on to uh, one of her protégés, uh, which operates under the, the, the obscure name of Lucis Publishing at the United Nations. And if you go through the United Nations archives, you can actually read the teachings of these occult teachers the spirit guides they were in contact with, and you can read the demonic words of, like, Madame Blavatsky. And these are the people, by the way, who secretly behind the scenes incorporated Aleister Crowley's Satanism, occult society involvement like the Nazi Tool Society, like the Nazi ISIS-Urania Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn Society. Uh, Aleister Crowley helped tutor... uh, uh, Aldous Huxley, who, you know, the sci fi author and head of British intelligence. Uh, But then at the same general time period, the CIA CIA launched its MKUltra mind control program with the help of this international banking family, the Warburg owned Swiss Sandoz Laboratories, and Rockefeller's cousin, Alan Dulles, uh, who was formerly the head of the OSS station chief. Dulles received information. Later on in years, the Muslim Brotherhood, House of Saudi, regarding the creation of mind-controlled assassins. So go well, flashback and go to Aleister Crowley, six six six, the great Satanist, and that takes you right into Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, psychedelic drug mescaline, takes you right in the doorway to MK Ultra, and the Warburg international banking family's ownership and influence with Swiss Sandoe's labs and Rockefeller cousin. Alan Dulles uh, was the OSS station chief, and Dulles received advance information that the, 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 the brotherhood of the House of Saud uh, was was spending millions with the CIA, and we don't know publicly who else, in the creation of mind-controlled assassins. This is bone chilling. So when you take a deep dive, and I, I have this in my books for you to study, you take Aleister Crowley. Heavy influence in all the rock and roll stars and rock groups. Satanist, okay. Uh, you you take him. You take the international banking families. You take the 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 financial the in, basically infinite financial fortune of Cecil Rhodes, who wanted to to re to seize back America and put it under subjugation to the British Crown. And then you have these international banking family people and. The, the, the United World Federalists who were like in-your-face globalists. And, um, you know, I've had some intersection on a remote level with with a tiny percentage of some of these people over the decades, over a lifetime, okay? So when you, you talk about things like, um, uh, well, Norman Cousins, best-selling author, who was healed of cancer by taking massive doses of vitamin C, and he would watch comedy shows and comedy movies like 12 Hours a Day. So he literally laughed himself and used vitamin C to heal himself of cancer. I mean, it happened. So, but, he, but, but he was also a, a, an aggressive one-worlder and globalist. I was told to read one of his books, again, at that magic grade, in third grade. I was told to read his book, The Art of Loving, which I hoped, as a young boy, would be a little bit spicier than than what the book was really about. The the book, The Art of Loving, was really all about how to to practice and believe in love in a world with no God and in a world where you don't believe there is a God and a world in which you believe you're an existentialist. That was what he was really all about, and that's why he had favor of of the public press. So Warburg and Dulles and Norman Cousins and then this guy, Cord Mayer, who I believe was on the cover of Lookout magazine, an old giant magazine, where he was boasting about his experimentation with mescal and the psychedelic drug, and so they plan- they planned to join America with a one-world federated government, where by force of power, technological and militarily, no nation like America could rebel, secede, or revolt. And now that the globalists had under their thumb the atomic bomb in its possession, uh, the whole world was terrified to challenge America. But but, but that's no longer the case. I mean, there's a lot of nations with nuclear weapons. So this continues, this growth of these super billionaires, these super trillionaires, the globalist trade treaties, the Rockefellers, the deliberate plan to to transform communist China into a futuristic totalitarian America the whole economic boom and growth and acceleration of communist china was bankrolled by you the american taxpayer but the money was flowing freely into the communist chinese uh, militant communists the american people via their tax dollars we paid for the economic supergrowth of communist china as we did many other communist nations and this is what the illuminati want because they're at war anything that attacks the Bible, and communism attacks the Bible, anything that attacks the Bible, the globalists, because they're Luciferians, are 100% behind it. So, where we are now in space-time history, and in reality, we're here for a reason. And God wants you to fulfill, by relying on his strength, power, and wisdom, God wants you to fulfill your mission here on Earth and partner with other people that you believe are helping to energize and cause the fulfillment the mission that Jesus Christ has called us to accomplish together. So stand with me with your donations, your prayers, your, your liking our social media, your joining our social media. It, it may seem like nothing, but it's really everything because we're in a war for truth and in a war for uh, the love of God and the war for ideas. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit PaulMcGuire.us.